Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude. I am your host, Skylar Timmons. As part of our good times rolling here with the Affected by Altitude podcast, the Rockies affiliate of SB Nation, I am joined by my uh, Jedi's in hiding, Mac Wilcox. Yeah, man. Uh, we recorded this the night after Obi-Wan launched, and it is a rip-roaring good time so far. And... Also joined by Evan Lang. Uh, we haven't watched Kenobi yet, but I did watch Rescue Rangers last night. Rescue Rangers. Which is also a good movie. It was good. I liked it a lot. That movie is surprisingly hilarious. Yeah, it had a lot of a lot of jokes that really hit for me. <laughs> like, at the very beginning, when Ugly Sonic pops up and how much of a role he plays in that movie, I was dying. Yeah, I was not expecting him to play as large a role as he got. Mac, 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 bring it in. Mac, Mac. Oh, my bad. Y'all was just vibing as all as it was. It's a a good movie. We recommend it for our Disney Plus chat. There it is. Good stuff. (laughs) But yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that show's out. Go watch it. It's good stuff. Anywho's. We'll keep moving right along. We'll, we got tons to talk about, and we're going to try to stay on topic this time and not delve off into our movie chats. But <laughs> we're going to skip the icebreaker, but my friends, there was actually news that happened before we recorded. We've had it happen after. We've It's a special occasion when that happens. true. We've had it happen while we've recorded. We've have it, had it happen after we recorded, but this time something before that we can talk about very timely here on Friday, May 27th. The Rockies unveiled their new MLB City Connect jerseys in association with Nike. Uh, And pretty exciting. Still reactions from everybody coming in, but they went with a uh, uniform that basically reminiscent and inspired by the Colorado license plate. So the green mountains, the evergreen trees, the white peaks, for the mountains, uh, some purple trimming, got some patches, and the hats. Overall, a lot of green in the uniform. But first reactions, do you like this? What's your reactions to the new Rocky City Connect jerseys? So I know this is recency bias. Um, I think, and Evan and I were talking about this real briefly before we got into the recording, they're my number three jersey for City Connect. I think that they're very, very, very solid. 
I wouldn't say that they are top tier. I still have, in my own personal rankings, I still have the White Sox as the best one. I think the Southside jerseys for the White Sox are spectacular. Next is the Washington Nationals. I love what they did at the Cherry Blossoms and with their gray. But then I have these after that. I think there's a lot of personality to these. I think that I'm a purple guy. I've always liked purple. It's my favorite color, and I think it works well with what the Rockies are doing. I'm kind of happy they went a different direction this time. I know we've all kind of been talking about what if they went green for a minute. So I think the green makes sense with the accents and what they have. I love the little details throughout the jerseys, like the little purple streak is for a purple row. Shouts out to us. Uh, the black diamonds, I think, is really cool. I love the little colorful Colorado uh, patch on there. Uh, so, in general, I really like these. I think we are kind of all in agreement that the only part of it that I personally don't love um, is the hats. I think the logo on the hat is a little bit touristy. Uh, Evan nailed it when he said it's something that like you might see in like an airport gift shop. That's like perfect. Like that's what it is. So I don't love the hat, but I think as far as the jerseys themselves, I think they look great. I'm really happy with how they came out. And actually, just for me, a weird little detail. I don't know why this makes sense in my brain. I think if you wear these jerseys with the hat backwards, it looks a lot better. In the video when Connor Joe and Ryan McMahon are swinging the bats and blowing up baseballs or snowballs in this case with the hats backwards, I think they look way better. I don't know why. That's just my own little interpretation. So, me personally, I like to score things. I give it a solid 7.5 or an 8 out of 10. I think they're definitely above average, and they're better than the majority of the other City Connects. Um, there's just little tiny things about them that I don't necessarily love. But in general, I'm very happy with them. I think that's a good assessment. Um, I'd say for me, they're probably in my top three as well. Um, I really liked the White Sox one when it first came out, but I sort of it sort of slid down my list a little bit more in terms of some of the other looks, my two favorites before the Rockies being, uh, the Washington nationals cherry blossom look and the, uh, Miami sugar Kings for the Marlins. Um, the sugar Kings especially have a really nice sort of classic feel to it. And then the, the nationals one just looks so, so good, but I would definitely put this Rockies one, in the top three, there are some other ones I really like out of the City Connect jerseys. I genuinely like the Diamondbacks Los Serpientes jerseys. I think they're great. Uh, and these are astronomically better than, say, the Los Dodgers or the Wrigleyville jerseys, which I think are just so Facts. dull. Um, uh, ESPN's uh, Jun Lee had a a ranking of all the city connect jerseys. And he actually put the, the Rocky city connect jerseys as the best of all of the city connect jerseys so far saying that the Rockies have unveiled a design that is distinctive from the rest of their existing uniform set without feeling completely out of left field. They paid an exceptional amount of attention to detail, creating a look that feels both fresh and classic. And you know what? I can, I can agree with that. The, the main thing I don't like, uh, like Max said, is the, the logo on the hat. I think a better thing to go on was because so the the Rockies like batting practice caps. Some of the other stuff have the the mountain logo on them. I think you could take the the mountain peaks that are on the jersey and just spread that across the white portion of the hat. I actually really like the um, the mixed color hat the with the white and the green. I think that looks great. It's really only the logo that I do not like. Uh, but everything else, about it, the, the green is great. I think it's a really nice green color, and green is very underrepresented in Major League Baseball. It's one of those colors that you really don't see a lot of. And I know a lot of people were worried they were going to do, like, state flag stuff. I don't mind state flag stuff. It's been done very well with, like, um, Colorado State University's football team has the Colorado State Pride state flag jerseys, and those are really great. But I think this is... Uh, it's a fresh look. I really like it. The The more I look at it, even, the more I like it. And I like all the little flourishes, the double black diamond, the uh, the Welcome to Colorful Colorado is a small flourish down at the bottom is is really, really great. Uh, Skyler, you were saying something about how they should have said something uh, for the jersey for the long history of agriculture in uh, Colorado. And I thought that was funny because, you know, Dick Monfort, owner of the Colorado Rockies, came up with came up in like Greeley meatpacking and stuff like that. But 
Um, I I was joking. It would be funny if there was just like a little cow on the inside of the neckline of the jersey or something. But overall, really great look, and I loved the introduction video narrated by uh, Rockies radio commentator Jack Corrigan. That was a really, really great introduction to the the New Jersey. Fun fact, real quick. Sorry, Skylar, I want you on this too, but I I just noticed something. I was reading the article Evan mentioned by June Lee on ESPN. I didn't realize this. It features several flourishes, such as a new circle logo on the hat in red for soil and gold for sunshine. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. those are the parts of the, of the the Colorado flag. So the okay. in the Colorado flag, you have the three colors. You have the gold, you have the red, and you have the blue. And the blue is the Rocky Mountain sky. the The gold is the uh... the Colorado sun, and the red is the Colorado soil. See, I didn't know that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Honestly. Kind of adds points for me. I'm not gonna lie. Sorry, Skyler. What do you think of these? Uh, I, I kind of in line with what you guys are saying. You know, I think they're good. And something that I like, I think I would put them at the top of my City Connect jerseys, mostly because hmm. they're right up there with those Miami ones because they are just so unique and outside of the norm hmm. of you know, a lot of those other teams we see. Like the Dodgers are just wearing a blue jumpsuit, basically, which they <laughs> kind of do that anyway. And they already do a Los Dodgers, you know night every year anyway and like the white socks they already kind of they already have black uniforms jerseys with white accent marks so you know i like this one because like that article mentioned no this fits into the scheme of colorado and the rockies and doesn't feel out of the norm but it's not no reminiscent of their other uniforms in the rotation so no it is a distinct look no kind of like those black the black vests were which unfortunately are out of rotation now because of this jersey. Uh, mm. But no, I, I do like it overall. It is funny that they just looked at the license plate for the state and they're like, eh, let's just do that. But it, it's a classic look, a nice clean look and everything. So I agree with Evan. Like, green is a color we don't really see in Major League Baseball. Closest we have, you know, this is all the, the Oakland A's with their bright yellow and green. That's really all we have. And then, like, the Mariners, like, little teal, aquamarine-type colors. And so, with purple and green, the Rockies really have that market that they can dip into. And I would like to see a little bit more purple in the jersey. Mm. Somewhere, on the hat, somewhere maybe. But overall, I think it's good. But, yeah, we got to talk about that hat still. Because it does. It looks like something you're going to get at a gift shop. (laughs) Like... Hey, this is what Colorado people wear. It's just a weird look with that logo on there because I like that logo patch. That would have been a good one to have like on a sleeve, and then put like Evan said the mountains or something right there on the in the white panel on the front hat. But mm. overall, I think yeah, it's and good. it's like the even the welcome to colorful Colorado thing like that works as a small flourish. But so the Rocky Shop is selling like T-shirts and hoodies with that logo on it as the main logo, and that is flat out like something I have seen at the DIA gift shop of "Welcome to Colorful <laughs> Colorado." I'm 100% certain that that's like a souvenir T-shirt that you get at <laughs> DIA while you're waiting for your flight. Exactly, and it works really well as a small jersey flourish, and I'm really glad that they didn't lean into that more. Um, but, um, it stinks that the, the black vests had to die for this jersey because I would have loved to keep the black vests in rotation and keep the City Connect jerseys because then the Rockies have really one of the most unique jersey sets in all of baseball. Yeah. Where we have our fantastic purple alternates, uh, for purple Mondays, we have our, our wonderful black vests. And now we have these really unique city connect jerseys, which are going to be our, uh, home game Sunday jerseys for the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. Which I I think that's good, but yeah, it's unfortunate that those black vests did have to go because they were such a unique look. I know it's, there are all kinds of different opinions on them. No people, but it's a unique look like, a black jersey for the Rockies works so well, whether as a vest or something else. But you know, if we're worried about the trade-off, the Nike City Connect jerseys are pretty good. But I think it would have been possible to keep 
both. <laughs> May perhaps yeah. give you a yeah. There bit are more plenty variety. of teams that keep four or or more uniforms in rotation. Look at the Diamondbacks; they have like six different sets. Yeah, <laughs> but who knows? But well, if there was something you had to change, or if you were in charge of this jersey, what would you have done? differently so we have what the rockies decided to do but what what would you have done or maybe changed you can be as absurd or as specific as you want to be somebody posted on twitter the same jerseys but colored purple instead of green and i think that that's like a pretty cool look but like i i'm okay with the green i think it just looks different so i'm fine with that for me i think you actually nailed it already skylar i would take the the logo that's on the hat and put that on the sleeve I think that would be cool. And then some sort of – because the secondary logo that the Rockies have with the baseball flying over the mountain is fantastic. My dad loves it. It's his favorite, like, secondary logo in baseball. Like, I've always liked it. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want to use that logo because you want to have the whole new thing for the City Connects, that's fine. But just something else that, like, incorporates, like, a baseball with the mountains in some way. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's, like, a baseball in pine trees. Maybe it's a baseball, you know, that looks like a snowball over a mountain. I don't know what that looks like, but I would have put that on the cap as opposed to having the little, like, tourist patch. Um, otherwise, I really do think that's the only change I would make to these. I, I really do think these are really solid otherwise. How about you, Evan? What would, what, do you have any thoughts for your design? Uh, so I definitely, the the hat logo, first thing I would change. Uh, either I would duplicate the the mountain peaks that are on the jersey on the hat and have it go completely across the white part, or I would, like Max said, do an edit to the the baseball flying over the mountain peaks. And you could do even some fun stuff with that. You could put like a ski lift on it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also would have liked to see maybe a bit more purple. Uh, I like that there are some purple flourishes that the uh, the numbers are outlined in purple, and there are purple sleeve stripes. But um, I would have liked to see a little bit more purple on there. It's a fair assessment. Uh, What's your change, Skyler? Um, in seriousness, because I have plenty of joke ones I could think of. Uh, but no, I think it's kind of like what we're saying. And I mentioned this on Twitter, and like we mentioned before, you know, where agriculture and like farming, you, it would have been nice to find some way to incorporate that because know the state was built on built on that fact of agriculture and all that stuff uh so a shout out to the rural farming communities would have been good because that makes up a vast majority of colorado not just the denver metro area on the the eastern side of the state um but the people that actually live up in the mountains like us Mm -hmm. farmers um but something too is they could have leaned in more into like the the centennial state theme you know of something like that, maybe, because we are the centennial state. But, you know, other than that, Pretty I have cool. tons of joke ones, like, should have done something with, like, Blucifer on there, or, <laughs> or something with the something oh, with the airport. Or, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Just a blueprints of McGregor Square, or... There you uh, go. There's tons of stuff we can do. Just a giant face of Dick Monfort on the hat. In place of the logo, it's just oh, Dick well, Monfort's face. <laughs> That'd be the best or a dollar one. sign. Eh, all kinds of stuff, but I, I think overall the general consensus I'm fi- seeing. I don't know if you guys two are on Twitter. People are like, "Yeah, it's fine," or they they really like it. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I think it's the hat. The hat's the one that's dividing people the most. Of like, yeah, we're not sure about this. It doesn't look like a baseball yep. hat. I think is the the consensus. I think that's exactly what it is. I think a lot of people. Just look at the because at the end of the day, like these uniforms are awesome, and like I know that they're going to sell and everything, but like they're going to be played on a baseball field, and I think that's exactly what people are saying, Skyler, is that like the only thing people are taking away from these jerseys is that the caps don't look like a major league baseball team's caps. Um, I think that's the only thing, though, to your point, that the people are kind of like iffy about. Yeah, but overall, pretty good. Not. Could have been worse, but they're not not too shabby. And so the Rockies will debut those on June 4th against the Atlanta Braves, and then they'll wear them on June 5th on that Sunday, and then every Sunday 
home game for the rest of the year. So fun stuff. We can look forward to that. And hey, plenty available over on the MLB shop. I'm sure over in the dugout stores <laughs> and whatnot. So people can start rocking their. Have you guys bought yours yep, yet? Yep, already bought them. You did, huh? Good man. Skyler? Uh, I don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mood. That's where I'm at, too. I mean, I probably should have time. bought them, but who am I kidding? I was but going to anyway. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, it is what it is. I'll just get a white t-shirt and just glue a bunch of old license plates on it. Same thing. <laughs> They've been, though, a lot better about availability this year, so I think you'll still be able to get them later on down the line. It was a big issue last year with the City Connect launches. I remember that. Where yeah. they sold out basically immediately, and then you couldn't get them pretty much the entire rest of the season. Mm. So, yeah. like, I wanted a the the Miami Sugar Kings jersey. They sold out basically day one, and then they weren't available for the entire rest of the year. Mm. That's tough. tough. Mm-hmm. I would just say it'd be nice if they were just a little bit cheaper because I don't like dropping thirty-five bucks on a t-shirt and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. The the prices since Nike took over are they're jumping so much higher, and I think it's ridiculous for the authentics to cost four hundred and thirty dollars. They're basically five hundred dollars. Like that's insane. Yeah, that's that is that's insane. ludicrous. Like the. Back when it was still Majestic, the Authentics were expensive, but they were not almost $500 expensive. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's the cost of a name brand. That's exactly right. Dang, Michael Jordan. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to keep moving along here. Uh, let us know what you think on the jerseys and whatnot on the Twitter. You can also check out our article about it. New- news article, there's a little poll on there on purplerow.com you can check out. Uh, but moving right along... I'm going to talk about our good old Rockies now. Uh, We've had some news and transactions. Uh, Most anticipated, Chris Bryant came back off the injured list from his back injury, which we were all very happy about. Uh, And then he played in two games and said, ah, my back, and went back on the injured (laughs) list, uh, which was not ideal. Uh, And this is kind of bringing up some really, like, worrisome things. I think people are... Getting a little worried now about Chris Bryant. Is if this is going to be another too low 2.0? Is it another aging veteran who we're just never going to get any production from? Uh, how worried are you about the situation around Chris Bryant and that he's only played in like 19 games, 17 or 19 games with the Colorado Rockies? Um. I'm going to put it at like a mild worry. I don't think it, it's something that like. I'm going to freak out about necessarily. And I also think like, you're absolutely right. Some people have mentioned almost like a Tulowitzki situation. That's a bit early for me. Um, You know, he is in the first season of his contract. He's not a guy that has like, you know, been injured a ton in his career. Um, He's been pretty good about staying healthy in general. Um, You know, he has had some shoulder issues in the past, uh, he's had some like inflammation in his shoulders. And so this back issue seems like pretty new. So I'm not really that worried about it. As far as what his season for 2022 looks like, I think that's a bit more worrisome. Um, for me, I would like him to stay on the IL longer if it means that he can be fully healthy for the next few seasons, just because like the Rockies do not look like they're going to compete this season, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Talking about these recent series that they've been on. But like, yeah, I, I think that Chris Bryant is somebody that is going to be like, you know, he's a vet, right? Like, this is a pretty young team in general. He's a vet. He's been there. Like, I would rather he's on the IL a little bit longer if it means he can come back fully healthy than do what he just did, which is, you know, go in the IL for a couple weeks, come back, play in a couple games, go back on the IL. Like, that that's not beneficial to anybody. So I'm not going to say that I'm, like, worried in a contract sense. I'm a little worried in a season sense. Because you wonder, like, back stuff is so gnarly. Obviously, like, as everybody who's ever had back pain knows, like, that's, like, the most brutal thing. It shuts you down entirely. And keep me honest here between both of you. I think the when as of today, Friday, my understanding is that he's doing some long tossing and some pretty light, like, catching. But that's about it. He's not swinging a bat or anything like that. Um, that's going to take a minute for him to come back from. The cortisone shot he got while they were in Arizona obviously didn't really do the trick. 
So this might be something that's going to keep him on the shelf for a hot second. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I'm willing to, to bite the bullet on that if it means like a fully healthy Chris Bryant in the future. Yeah, and I think it's what's really important, I'll let I'll direct this to Evan, is at least it's been a little bit easier pill to swallow. It still hurts to not have you know, your big acquisition on the field. But at least Jonathan Daz has been able to step in, get that more playing time, and make the most of it. Yeah, Jonathan Daz has been absolutely fabulous. Like, he's reached base safely in all but one of the games that he's started so far this season. And this is such a huge turnaround for me to be saying this coming from, you know, before the season started going, well, golly, I don't know where Jonathan Daza fits on this club with Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman and Randall Gritchick, you know, filling up all the outfield spots. Daza is a superior defender in center field above pretty much anyone else on this roster. And he is consistently getting one or two hits every game. He's been great. And so, if anything, now that causes other problems of where do other guys fit in because Daza, if he keeps going like he's going, where he's just such a consistent contributor, is has got to be locking down an everyday playing spot. And I know there were some frustrations last weekend where Daza wasn't playing for like one or two games and and buddy was like well it's because we need to get sam hilliard some some playing time as well but then when brian is officially back you know where are we going to start putting everybody but at the very least we've got daza and i'm not i think it's too early to hit the panic button on chris bryant it's the end of may right now so two months into the season in what is a very long season and a very long contract and I think our main focus should be making sure that KB gets healthy and that he's at 100% when he comes back and then can be a contributor. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. And I think that's what I mentioned. Because this deal had so much scrutiny when it happened because of the situations with you know, Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. And so he's kind of been, you know, a lot of people looking at it like, why did we waste money on Chris Bryant when we could have kept those guys around, but that's neither here nor there. So I understand the people that are just, when you pay nearly $180 million to a guy, you want him on the field and Chris Bryant wants to be on the field. And, but unfortunately that injury is just, you know, taking him out. And that's so unfortunate. No, I think, I know we've talked. It's just the frustrating part of where do all these back injuries keep coming from? Why do they keep happening this season? Uh, but hopefully, again, like you said, we've got guys that are filling in just fine for now. Uh, unfortunately, the Rockies aren't performing very well. And how much is that from not having Chris Bryant in the lineup or other sure. things? But Jonathan Daza has stepped in really nicely and everything. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully Chris Bryant gets back healthy and then he can start hitting some dingers because that's what we all want to see. That's what we're all here for is Chris Bryant dingers, which we haven't seen yet. I was going to say, we have, we have not seen a single home run at Chris Bryant yet this season. Yeah, when your back's hurting, how much power are you going to be generating? True. Exactly. And when you've only played in 17 games or so. Yep. No, no bueno. But as a result of him going on the injured list uh, – Rockies also needed a starter because Antonio Senzatella is still on the injured list. Working his way back, his next start could come uh, with the Rockies. He had a rehab game here very recently, so we could see him back here very soon. Uh, but Ryan Feltner, they needed a start, so they brought up Ryan Feltner back, made a second start. It was against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Did okay. Not too shabby. Uh, did what you could expect him to do, which... It's what they need. They need that pitching depth. Uh, anything on Ryan Feltner that you guys noticed in his last start? Or Feltner was great on on his spot start in um, in Pittsburgh, and it's it's a real shame because the the bullpen just completely imploded. But Feltner went five innings, only gave up three hits, two earned runs, uh, one of which was a home run, which you know happens. Two walks, which Meh, but the big thing was he struck out seven. Like that's he and his strikeout numbers down in Albuquerque have been really solid. And then he immediately comes up and pitches a spot start, strikes out seven, and he struck out seven in his last spot start back in April against the 
uh, Phillies in Philadelphia as well. So either he just really hates the state of Pennsylvania, or he's got some really solid strikeout stuff. Hmm. And and that speaks really well for our upcoming starting pitching depth that he can, you know, make these spot starts and perform really well. Both games he he went five innings. He could he could probably go a little bit longer in the future, but you know, five is more than enough for your spot starter to go. And especially without Antonio Sensatella, who is uh, set to begin his, his rehab assignment in Albuquerque, I believe today, which is uh, Friday the 27th, that it's good that we have him, you know, able to come up and fill in. Because at the point when Sensatella went down, our starting depth really wasn't looking that good. Um, it was basically on the 40-man roster, you had Feltner, and then you had Noah Davis and Double A Hartford, and that was about it. And now you have Feltner and uh, Peter Lambert, who has completed his rehab assignment and been assigned to AAA Albuquerque in their rotation after three short but solid uh, starts in rehabbing with the Isotopes is now officially back from his injury, and we can rely on him for depth. And so things are looking a little bit better right now. Yeah, that's really nice. And <laughs> I was looking up stats. Uh, Ryan Feltner has pitched just 10 innings in those two starts. He has 14 strikeouts, which are three more than Antonio Senzatello, who's thrown 30 innings. Wow. Fun stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> it's... Wow. Talk about a pitch-to-contact pitcher. And Sensatella, huh? Indeed. No, yeah, I think Evan's Evan's spot on, man. I think that right now the Rockies getting um, more pitching depth in their starting rotation is key, especially, you know, as not only guys get hurt, but also guys are not pitching all that well. Uh, Herman Marquez pitched last night uh, against the Nationals in a loss. Again, another rough start for him. Gave up five runs. Um, not that, you know, Peter Lambert's going to take over Marquez's starting spot anytime soon, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean, having, like, these supplemental – pitchers to help out some of these other guys because there's some there's some struggling guys in the Rockies rotation right now you know there's a lot to be said about how the Rockies bullpen has not been great recently which you know it hasn't to be clear like the Rockies bullpen has also struggled mightily as of late but it's not like the Rockies starting rotation is blowing um anybody away right now either Chad Cool has started to take a bit of a step back he's pitching largely still pretty well he's probably been our most consistent starter this season but He's definitely started to take uh, some steps back a little bit. Obviously, Herman Marquez has got, like, the second highest earned run average of all starters that, um, you know, meet the innings requirement. Austin Gomber's kind of up and down, rocking that 411 earned run average right now. So, you know, there's definitely some uh, room for improvement in the Rockies rotation. So having guys like Peter Lambert, even having guys like Noah Davis available um, to come up when uh, they need an extra hand is helpful. Obviously, I've made no secret the fact that I'm a big Ryan Rollison guy, hoping he can come back here before too long and maybe supplement the rocket rotation as well. So just having that extra influx of young arms that can help back up the big league team at this point is key, especially at a part of the season where the Rockies are really starting to struggle. Yeah, it's been it's been not fun. And what's so frustrating it's been about rough recently. Herman's uh, start last night is that outside of that really bad first inning, totally fine. Like his strikeouts were down, but he, for the for the other five innings that he pitched in his six inning start, he only gave up one more run, and that's been that's been such a problem with this Rockies rotation in general is that I call it the one bad inning clause, where they they frequently get hurt by just one absolutely terrible inning, and that really affected Erman last night, and it's it's so frustrating to watch him struggle because we know how good he can be. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So a lot of struggles going around the board, but the injuries and you know roster nav- navigation is the toughest one, right? Quick. Uh, we won't go into this at all, but just an FYI, Robert Stevenson went on the COVID injured list his second time this season. Um, so Ashton Goudeau, another round trip. He's back with the club. Uh, but who knows when Antonio Sensatella comes back. Maybe it's him or Feltner get the boot back to Albuquerque. Uh, probably Feltner. But Ashton Godot getting his miles in this season. So yeah, ho- yeah. hopefully he likes to travel. Uh, but <laughs> he's durable. It's good to have him around at least as that tool to, to plug back in when we need it. But Definitely. 
We're going to go ahead and take a break here. And when we come back, still a couple more things to talk about. Then it's our Players of the Month for the month of May. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome back to Affected by Altitude. Uh, Thanks for sticking with us through that commercial break. Still plenty to talk about here. Uh, first thing we want to talk about, last time on the on the podcast, we talked about Brian Serban being called up. Uh, we haven't really seen anything out of him yet. And then immediately after that podcast, he then had a pretty good weekend series against the Mets. And he's doing pretty good here in his first stint here in the big leagues. Had two home runs uh, for his first two major league hits. He was the first player in major league history to have his first two hits be two multi-home runs uh, which is pretty insane to think about in the 150 plus years of baseball history but overall Brian Servin uh, quick impressions here is is he what you thought he'd be is he exceeding expectations I'm happy with how he's doing so far I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be the Rockies, like, all-star or anything. But I do think that he's making a nice, uh, you know, first impression. Especially when the catcher situation for the Rockies, especially offensively, been, has been pretty dire to open the season. Neither Dom Nunez nor Elias Diaz were really kind of lighting the world on fire with their bats to open the season. Uh, having Brian Servin uh, come up to the big leagues hit, you know, he's got five hits and 15 at-bats as of today, as of Friday. He's got two home runs, five RBI so far, OPS of uh, 1.066. I'm cool with all that. You know what I mean? He seems okay behind the plate. We've seen some wild pitches that I think um, some other catchers in the league might be able to handle. But in general, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough with how he's doing. Um, yeah, perfectly fine by yeah, me. Yeah, Servin, his, he's definitely made some rookie mistakes defense-wise. But, you know, he is a rookie. Um, and his his bat has been, been pretty solid where – so uh, he's started four games in uh, made five total appearances, and in three of his four starts he has a hit, and in two of his four starts he has a multi-hit game, and that's that's a very solid offensive production. I'd love to see him keep doing that. I don't know how often he's going to get playing time with Elias Diaz still the de facto starter, but having a backup catcher that can offensively contribute is really important right now especially with you know Dom Nunez getting sent down after really not doing that well and Elias Diaz is struggling so hard right now where he's Mm -hmm. striking out a ton he last night against the Nationals he had his first multi-hit game in the entire month of May (laughs) yeah he's not great and and it it sinks and it, it it looks like he's pressing because you'll see him strike out and it's like he's swinging out of his shoes trying to barrel that ball. But it's just not working for him right now. And it, and it sinks because he's still a great defensive catcher and a great framing catcher. But we know how good his bat can be after last after this you know second half of last season. And we really need that back because he even started this season really, really strongly. Like at some point his, his average was like, 360 something 380 something and then it's just been a complete nosedive yeah that's the same that can be said for a lot of guys but servant's been great Mm -hmm. uh serving up some home runs his uh his two home runs on his second ever start on may 21st uh he is only the second rocky ever to have his first two hits both be home runs of course the other one being trevor story I am super happy for him. He, I remember I was a little bit hesitant about who should be the guy that we called up just because, you know, uh, Servant's overall minor league career has been not terribly impressive, but he was doing very well in Albuquerque to start the season. And that he's already doing fairly mm-hmm. well here in the big leagues is is a good sign. Yeah, yeah we're definitely happy for him. And it easier pill to swallow because Dom Nunez was struggling so much at the big league level, and right now, down in Albuquerque, so as of today, on Friday, he's played in eight games, has five hits, uh, he's slashing 152, 263, 152, uh, with one RBI, 
three runs scored. He struck out eight times, five walks. So Nunez's plate discipline's been better. Same that we were seeing up at the big league level, but just he's not making contact enough, having good enough contact. So let him work. work. Yeah, he's he's not hitting the ball with any sort yeah, of particular so authority. It's good to get him chance down in AAA, try to iron some things out, let serving get some time up here, get a taste of the big leagues. You know, so I think overall that transactions working. You know, mm-hmm. Hopefully, how the Rockies intended it to in one way or another, but Servin making the most of the time that he gets in his first impression and he's doing well and hopefully we'll see some more Brian Servin home runs because it's always good to have a catcher that can hit the ball. But moving right along here. I want him to, I want him to continue serving up home runs. (laughs) Speaking of serving up offense, of some kind. I don't know why I said offense so weird, but Connor Joe <laughs> has reached base in 23 <laughs> consecutive games, <laughs> which pretty good streak. Uh, Connor Joe, he did have a 12 game oh, hitting amazing. streak, uh, either currently or at one point, but 23 consecutive games that Connor Joe has reached on base, primarily out of the leadoff spot as a primary DH utility guy playing first and playing in the outfield. But Connor Joe just continues to be an impressive offensive piece uh, for this Rockies lineup. And I know, Evan, you were pretty excited about you know, Connor Joe's streak that's currently going. Yeah, that 23-game that on-base streak is is really huge because he is, even if he's not getting a hit, which he frequently is, in the month of May, he's played in 21 games, and he has only not registered a hit in four of them. That's great. In the month of May, he's got a batting average of 289, That's 366, insane. 325 for that total slash. That on-base percentage is big because he struck out 15 times, which is a little more frequent than we normally see him strike out, but he's still walking a ton. He's got 10 walks. And so he's always finding a way to get on base, and that on-base streak is is really, really important for a team that has been scuffling because there are at least guys who are getting or trying to give the Rockies opportunities with runners on. Whether or not the team does anything with that is another story. Uh, My main thing with Connor Joe is that I'm not sure how well he has served being in the leadoff position right now because I think he's a great leadoff hitter and he's always getting on base, but he only has four RBIs in the month of May, and that's because frequently he's getting on or getting his hit with nobody else on base. Yeah, that, that... And so I'm wondering if maybe you want to move him down in the lineup a little bit so he could be driving in some more um, some more players than he is currently. But overall, out of the leadoff spot, serving him well, he's hitting well, he's constantly getting on base. Uh, the one-two punch of uh, Connor Joe and Jonathan Daza at the top of the lineup has been great. And, man, Connor Joe. Like, I don't think when he first came up last year that anyone was expecting him to be as strong a contributor to this offense as he has been for the last uh, the last bit of, of time through last season and this season, where he's got one of the better on-base percentages of the entire team. He's He's doing everything right, and... He's such a such a likable guy, and you can't help but be happy with his performance. Yeah, it, it's exciting, and I like that you bring up that thing of, oh, maybe he's better off somewhere else in the lineup right now. You know, and you could say that about the Rockies lineup in general. Of they get so cemented on this is where this guy's supposed to be, whereas you know maybe you do need to mix up some things, try out some guys in different spots. C.J. Crone is your cleanup hitter. Don't you dare touch Crone Zone. But, you know, you could maybe adjust this thing. Maybe put Jonathan Daz in the leadoff spot. Hmm. You know, throw Connor Joe down in the three-hole. You know, things like that. Mix it around. Put maybe some more of your contact guys somewhere else. or Who knows? But it's it, it's interesting. How about you, uh, Mac? What do you have to add about Connor Joe? Not much, man. I think you guys have covered it pretty well. I actually am going to disagree just a bit with one thing. I still want Connor Joe in the leadoff spot. 
because I think right now uh, the Rockies are really struggling with a lot of things on offense, obviously. Having the consistency of a guy like Connor Joe to consistently get on base to open the lineup and give these guys another opportunity is key right now. They're not doing a whole lot with it, and I totally get that. But just having him and Daza able to set the table for guys like Crone and Blackman and Grichik recently and McMahon, like that is such a huge part of the success of the team. And my worry with putting Connor Joni lower in the lineup is that I'm not sure anyone on this team right now is going to be able to replicate his success at the top, except for maybe Jonathan Daza. Um, and I, I just really like how Evan said, like that one-two punch combination of them at the top of the lineup has been so great. Yeah, I just I remember spring training last season. We were all in our little Purple Road channel talking about guys that we were really hoping to see make the big league squad last year. Connor Joe just missed out. We got a look at him a bit last year. He was injured, of course, where part of the season ended up on the injured list to finish out the season. What a what a meteoric rise for this guy over the last like 365 days, basically, to become a guy that we were really hoping was going to make it out of spring training to now being arguably the most potent part of their offense at this point in the season. He's been fantastic. Yeah, one of my one of my first articles towards the beginning of the season was railing on Connor Joe should be yeah. an everyday starter. Yeah. And why? And he's been an everyday starter and he's been fantastic as an yeah. everyday starter. The Rockies offense struggles mightily right now, which that's the most evergreen comment I could ever make at this point of the season. But man oh man, if the two guys if Jonathan Daza and Connor Joe are not making strong cases for forget being better players in the Rockies for all star at this point. You know what I mean? Like Jonathan Daza and Connor Joe are doing things that not a lot of other players in the league are doing. You mentioned how Connor Joe has gone on base for what'd you say, twenty three straight games? That's twenty three straight I, I, games. They really consider twenty three straight games of getting on base. Who else is doing that in this league right now? Jonathan Daza has a hit streak that's up to like twelve or thirteen games, like those two are killing it right now, man. I'd love to see it. And a, and a big thing with, with both Connor Joe and Daza is that they are being scored. So, like, them being at the very top of the line, lineup is not the worst thing in the world because um, runs scored, Connor Joe has 10, and Daza has 12. So they're at least being mm-hmm. brought home a decent chunk of the time. It's just that... I think that with how well they are hitting, you could change where they are in the lineup so that they could be bringing other guys home. I'm not saying that they don't belong at the top of the lineup because obviously that one-two punch has been so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Fantastic. It, it, it's <laughs> we love Connor Joe. We're all we're all big fans of Joe. Uh, Joe. 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 Yeah, we Joe. are. Joe. 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 Jose. <laughs> um, so it. He's doing a lot of good, and you know, they need his bat in the lineup, and I think we're all in agreement. It's good to see him have success and get that opportunity, you know, finally at the big league level starting last year and everything. So you know, keep on going, Joe. But that kind of mm-hmm. moves us along into our monthly thing of picking our pitcher and player and team MVP for the month of May. If I can pull up my thing. So if you recall last se- last year, or last month, not last year, last month we had <laughs> Kenneth in, in on the action for us. But I'll just recap our picks last year, or last month. I keep saying last year. <laughs> but all three of Time us. Flies. <laughs> it does. All three of us picked Chad Cool as our pitcher of the month, which I think that was a pretty no-doubter for all of us. Uh, Mac, you went with Randall Gritchick as your player and MVP of the month. Evan went mm-hmm. with Connor Joe as the player and MVP for the month of May, and I went with CJ Crone as the player and MVP of the month. And Kenneth went with Daniel Bard as the pitcher of the month and Crone as the player and MVP of the month. So that's kind of where we're at right now on our scoreboard. Uh, but we'll start with Mac here. Mac, who is your pitcher, your player, and your MVP of the month? Yep. So, pitcher, uh, this is potentially controversial because he has not pitched that much. But I'm going to go with Tyler Kinley. Uh, The Rockies' bullpen, shocker, has not been great. In May especially, they have struggled mightily. But Tyler Kinley has given up uh, exactly one run this month. 
uh, he gave up one run in April, and he gave up one run in May. Now, fair enough, he didn't pitch all that much, only seven and two-thirds innings. But through those seven and two-thirds innings, he gave up six hits. He walked nobody, has a whip uh, now on the season of point – or sorry, for May, he had a whip of .78, and like I said, gave up just the one run. He's not lighting the world on fire. He is not a shutdown closer. He is not peak Scott Oberg. But I think that Tyler Kinley right now has been consistently the most um, dependable arm out of the bullpen at this point. With guys that come in in the 6th and 7th and 8th innings continuously giving up runs, usually home runs at this point, to have a guy that's going to come in, get weak contact, get some ground balls, get you out of the inning... I think that that is something the Rockies need desperately at this point. Tyler Kinley has done that for them. He's my guy for May. Getting into position players, we've talked about Jonathan Daza. We've talked about Connor Joe. If either of you guys pick those guys, I couldn't possibly argue with them. They're great points. For me personally, for the position player, I've got to go with Brendan Rodgers. Horrific April, right? We all know that. I'm sure he knows that better than anybody. He had... The worst month of his major league career was in April of this season. He ended up in April. His batting average was .078. That's not great. His batting average in the month of May, .346. Like, he's a different human. He's literally like a different person than he was at the end of April. I don't know what switched. I I don't know, you know, I'm not even going to try to attempt to guess what sort of mechanical changes he might have made. But ever since the first game of May... May 1st uh, against Cincinnati, he went uh, two for four with a double and four RBI. The flip has been switched. I don't know what happened with Brendan Rodgers. He is absolutely popping off right now. He is in such a better place. He's got three games this month with uh, four RBI. He has totally reinvented himself. He is the most, um, you know, if Connor Joe and Jonathan Daza are the most consistent on base guys, then Brendan Rodgers is almost the most consistent hit guy. He has had uh, a complete resurgence. He's now getting his batting average on the season up so much higher than it was. He finished up the month hitting 242, which isn't you know amazing, but considering where it was, it's it's you know eons better. I don't think he's going to end up hitting 346 at the end of the season. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Brendan Rodgers is my position player of the month because of just the unbelievable transformation he has made. And my MVP of the month of May is going to be Brendan Rodgers. Again, love Kinley, love Do- love Daza, love Connor Joe. All great picks. But Brendan Rodgers, just what he's been able to do to totally transform what was going to be a horrific season and maybe even a season he was going to have to spend some time down in the minor leagues to adjust. He is now every single day part of the lineup because he has to be. Because he is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, hitting to all fields playing a solid second base uh, at a time of the Rockies defense has been struggling, which we've mentioned too. I'm so happy for Brendan Rogers to really finally turn it around and get back to where we knew he could get to. So he is my MVP for the month of May, 2022. Nice, nice on. on. No, good. <laughs> good yeah, picks, buddy. God, you too. It's the, it's, it's stuck in, man. <laughs> it's part of it now. It truly is. The fact that you did it almost completely in unison, completely unprompted. 13. 13 game hit streak to end the month of May, by the way, for Ben Rogers. As we record today, he's got a 13 game hitting streak. He's the best. Yeah, so I'll I'll piggyback into mine then from that because my position player yeah. of the month is also Brendan Rogers. And I want to give an honorable mentions, of course, to Jonathan Daza, Connor Joe, and mm. especially CJ Crone. Because, real quick, before I talk about Brendan Rodgers, C.J. Crone, despite uh, having some struggles with his power at the plate, where he wasn't really hitting that many home runs for a portion of May, uh, ended, ended the month with five home runs on the month. But for a while, he went he went a, a solid chunk of the month without any home runs. Still hit 326, 374, 544, with uh, 15 RBIs and... Uh, scored 16 runs. He was really, really great. He he really does continue to be overall probably the Rockies' most valuable hitter. But I have mm-hmm. to give it to Brendan Rodgers because of just the absolute turnaround. If he played in April like he's been playing in May, he would basically be a lock yep. for the All-Star game. Absolutely. Because in the month of May, he's 
only not gotten a base hit in two games. For for comparison, he's played 20. All 20 are starts. He has 17 RBI, seven doubles, two home runs. He's not walking that much. He only has one walk. But you don't really need to draw that many walks when you are putting the bat to the ball that well. Slash line 346, 361, 506. All really, really great. How much he has pulled up his slash line from the month of April to the month of May is incredible. Add in that uh, 13-game hit streak that he's got going on right now, plus the fact that nine multi-hit games in the month of May, which I believe is the best on the team at this point, is huge turnaround. Huge, huge, huge turnaround. I am so happy to see it because, like you said, mm-hmm. Mac, we knew he could be this good. We saw him be this good last year, and nobody was hurting as much as he was in terms of that that really difficult April, and having him turn it around and now be an incredibly valuable contributor on this team, he in April had like a negative war by like a lot, and he's he's pulled it back up into the positives now. And if he can keep hitting like this throughout the season or, or, or maintain this consistency – that is going to be a boon to this organization. Uh, yeah, like I said, shout out to CJ Crone, Jonathan Daza, and Connor Job. But I just have to go with Brandon Rogers on this one. And then I don't think it's that controversial. Your pitcher pick because I'm also going with Tyler Kinley. Um, before I talk about Kinley, because you already said a lot of that, I do want to give a shout out to Lucas Gilbreth who has really turned it around since a difficult start. His very first start in May, he was still scuffling. He, in uh, two-thirds of an inning, gave up three earned runs. Since then, in uh, eight different appearances, he's only given up one earned run, and that one wasn't really his fault. Uh, That came in that game against Pittsburgh where he was pitching really well, uh, had two outs, but had walked a batter, so runner on first. Um, He was taken out of the game for Carlos, Carlos Estevez, who uh, unfortunately ended up really having yes. that game get blown wide open under his watch, and one of those runs got credited to Gilbreth. But Gilbreth has really, really turned around. His ERA uh, started May. His first appearance in May, his ERA was at 20.25. And he has pulled it all the way down to 871, which is still high, but it just goes to show how you know steep of a yep. hill he's had to climb down. And that's really impressive. But Tyler Kinley has been, honestly, one of the the best relievers in the sport right now. And it's a shame that that one earned run uh, that he gave up against Pittsburgh really kind of uh, brought his ERA back up over one. Because before the Pittsburgh series, his ERA was 0.59. And that one earned run is only the second he's given up the entire season. He uh, didn't walk a single batter in the entire month of May. His strikeouts were down. He went a couple games where he didn't have any strikeouts, but he was absolutely getting it done. And, you know, Tyler Kinley, we talked about him last week as well, but he really has been such a valuable, valuable piece to this bullpen. And so he's who I'm going to go with for the uh, pitcher of the month. And then... MVP is tough, but I think I'm going to give it to Brandon Rogers, if only for his um, his, his turnaround awesomeness. as well. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. Which leaves only one, Skyler. There can only be one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, the nice part is that I get to go last. Uh, the thing that <laughs> it's been <laughs> I've been racking my brain about this. Uh, I think I will ultimately give it to Tyler Kinley for the pitcher. Uh, kind of in conjunction with you guys. Just his overall performance, just this whole entire season as a whole has been very solid. Now, it, it is tougher to gauge the importance of relievers for this kind of work because they don't pitch as much. Uh, but I'll kind of add that on to you guys. I did want to – my runner-up was Kyle Freeland, uh, hmm. mostly out of the starters. In five starts uh, – in May, he has a 3.54 ERA in 28 innings. Um, aside from a couple of clunkers, overall he's evened things out after a rough first couple of starts to the season. He's kind of evened things yeah. out, and among the starting pitchers, he's been the most consistent um, as of late this month overall. That's definitely true. Uh, and definitely what's helping him is he's got 23 strikeouts. 
Uh, that's the second most this month behind Herman Marquez. Um, nine walks, so he is walking a little bit more. But still, I think overall Kyle Freeland's really getting better and evening things back out. But yeah, Tyler Kinley, he's just as solid as a rock out of that bullpen. So he's the pitcher of the month for me. Player of the month, um, I will diverge here as I will now go two for two with the one and the only Cronesaw. <laughs> Can't blame you at all on that one. Cronesaw is ready. Ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so picking CJ <laughs> Crone, uh, it, it's just hard because he is the leader of this offense uh, across the board. If I can move into my stats, but Overall, on the season, uh, he's still batting way up there. He leads the National League in home runs. Had five home runs in the month of May uh, as of our recording. Maybe he'll get some more after the weekend uh, and in the last couple of days here of May. But CJ Crone's the only Rocky that's played in every single game this season. Uh, He's got 30 hits this month, 16 runs scored. Five doubles, five homers, 15 RBI, 26 strikeouts, but six walks. But Crone's putting the ball in play. He is doing a ton. 326 average, 374 on base, 544 slugging. Uh, 50 total bases leads the team this month. He's just a dominant force on the at the plate. And he's improved a little bit on the road during this most recent road trip. So those things are starting to slowly even out where he just barely got his third home run of the season on the road. Um, But inching up towards a 200 average on the road (laughs) so far and everything. But C.J. Crone, I just can't look past. He is carrying this team offensively for the most part a lot of the time, providing the pop and the power. And he is going to strike out a little bit more, but it's because he's just going after being more aggressive at the plate, going after pitches. And well, I wrote a little bit more in depth about his stats over on Purple Row uh, a little while ago. But give overall, he, yes, give it a look. But yeah. overall, he's he's my player of the month. He just carries that offense. Plus, his defense is always helpful at first base. And then yes. overall, he's my MVP for the month of May. Two-time champion for me. <laughs> nice. But, it's a, it's tough to argue. CJ Crone's been great. It's true. And if I had to give like the most improved award for the month, that goes to Brendan Rogers. Yes. For me, because him just turning it around completely for the month of May is great to see. It's good to have him stop that scuffling and hopefully somebody else can now take a step forward in the month of June, like Elise Diaz or Randall Gritchick can just take off or something. I'm hoping for Gritchick. I'm hoping it's it's Elias because June is about where he finally mm. started putting things back together last year. I really want more Randall Gritchick personally. That's the that's the guy I had a lot of hopes for at the start of the season. Um, I'm hoping he can start putting it together a little bit offensively. How do you feel about the glasses? Eh, they're fine. They don't bother me. And as long as, as long as I work for him, you know what I mean. It's true. Uh, yeah. it just depends on if he can hit with them or not. I know. Yes. Players are always superstitious about that. So. Maybe he goes back to contacts, boom, hits a home run, and then he kind of gets into that existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Charlie Blackman with glasses would be a good look, too. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little different. This is the giant beard. But <laughs> So that's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. Thank you so much for joining us once again, as always, each week, as we put up with our goofball discussions and whatnot. And... <laughs> singing about rescue rangers um please don't start singing okay well fine (laughs) saw my head moving that's fine (laughs) that's gonna do it here uh evan where can the folks find you at so i can be found on twitter at at evan underscore lang 27 i'd love to hear from you you can also see my work on purplerow.com where I am currently working my way through the Rockies farm system, highlighting pitchers at every level that I think are really turning heads and impressing me so far this year. Uh, this most recent week, I did the Spokane Indians. Uh, there are some really, really great pitchers down on that team right now. Uh, been absolutely amazing to watch. 
I also do game coverage on Sundays. Uh, and you can always hit us up at the official Affected by Altitude Twitter account, which is at Altitude Effect. Nailed it. <laughs> How about you, Mac? Yeah, man, hit me up at Cormac Battle Pro, at C-O-R-M-A-C Battle Pro. Uh, I'm always kind of doing the game coverage mostly on Tuesdays and Fridays. I'll be rocking those. I uh, got some other stuff in the works that I'm not going to tell you all about just yet, but it's on the on the horizon. Um, hit me up about wrestling. Hit me up about baseball. Hit me up about nerd stuff. I'm all about it, man. Anytime. Right on. Where and, are you at, Skyler? Um, as for me, you can find me at, at sideline underscore crowd over on the Twitters. And, yeah, good stuff. Not much else. <laughs> Sunday <laughs> Rock Piles. Uh, this past week I filled in for our good buddy Mario here at Purple Row. And I filled in for the Wednesday Rock Pile and then Sunday Rock Pile. Um, and filling in some news articles before I get incredibly busy and won't probably won't have as much time. But good times. Yeah, you can find all those. But And then, as always, follow PurpleRoad.com or at PurpleRow for all of our news, game coverage, you know, game threads, all that good stuff on yes, sir. the Internet. Good place to discuss. But that's going to do it here for this edition. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Uh, Mac, hit him with it. Farewell. Beautiful.